The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, yet the word you hear is not mine, but that of the Father who sent me. I have told you this while I am with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me tell you, I am going away and I will come back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters. Um, as we continue our Easter celebrations on the sixth Sunday of Easter, as a way of a brief introduction, uh, my name is Father Todd Molinari, and I'm the uh, my ministry in the church is I'm the vicar for clergy, so I'm like Father Carey and Father uh, Peter's immediate superior uh, kind of boss. In fact, Father Peter's going to be working with me in the clergy office after July 1st as the new vocation director. And um, uh, part of the responsibility I, I have, among others, is uh, when uh, priests get in a tight spot for mass coverage, they call me up. So Father. Uh, Peter called and said, you know, Father Carey's still Medjugorje, can you help me cover Masses this weekend? I said, of course, Father Peter, I'll be right over. So here I am. Glad to, always glad to help out and offer Mass uh, for the people of God. But, you know, one of the things, I, a couple of things I just want to re reflect on today uh, that makes me think about, um, you know, my own life in ministry, and, you know, maybe that's part of this latter part of the Easter season is an opportunity for us to kind of take some time in entering into a kind of a deeper level of contemplative prayer, always directed up to our Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit, in reflecting on my life, not in a narcissistic, self-centered way, but taking my life in hand and taking it with a, a real seriousness and gravity. Uh, St. Augustine calls it gravitas, uh, that there's an inherent dignity, preciousness, and kind of one-time aspect, a uniqueness, to the life that I have been given from birth until my death. And one of the questions I am called to ponder, especially during this Easter season in a very focused way, is in this one life that I have, in this one precious life that God has given to me. And think about this in terms of like our children or our grandchildren. In the one precious life that we have, how do we actually live it? What is our response to that gift of life and that gift that has been given in and through our life that gift of salvation. And to what extent do I really take that seriously, take that responsibly, and really try to live it with a real integrity? Um, and I got, I got one shot to do this in my life, and how am I going to do that with a real sense of purposefulness, integrity, and Christ-centeredness? And I think, you know, in, in a sense, even like in my ministry as the vicar for clergy, and I don't say this just to talk about myself, but just as a, it's been more of a learning for me, um, is, um, 
you know, when, especially like during assignment time that we're having, you, you will be receiving a new pastor and parochial vicar, and I promise it'll be wonderful priests, hopefully just as good as Father Carey and Father Peter, but they're going to be right up there in the seven-star level. So seriously, we're, we're working very hard, and you have that announced shortly, who your new pastor and a parochial vicar are. But, you know, that's, that's the thing, you know, life is, it, it changes hard, you know, saying goodbye to very beloved faithful priests like Father Carey and Father Peter is, is difficult for parish communities. Um, and, and it's difficult for the priest, too, to change. In one sense, it's kind of a new adventure in the life of grace and a new chapter in their priesthood. But there's a lot of trepidation, a lot of unknowns. Change is hard. Um, but, you know, that's one of the things I have made, made me think about this and why I bring up this whole question about Easter season being a time for us to enter into a deeper level of prayerful contemplation of, you know, what is that calling, that vocatio, the purpose of this one life that I've been given, is that, and I remind myself of this as much as I do with my brother priests, is that, you know, if we don't take as our number one rule in the life of the church, both in my own personal life, my personal faith journey, as well as in the life of the church as a whole, that the salvation of souls is the primary rule of thumb and what we serve above all, then we can easily lose our way. And even if there's like particular issues, controversies, um, decisions that need to be made, both kind of ordinary, mundane kind of parish uh, reality that we um, you know, interact with, on day-to-day life, or kind of bigger issues like moral or theological issues, or life that are difficulties are going on in, in the parish community, challenges in our family. If I don't keep that primary rule in mind, that the salvation of soul, my soul and the souls of everyone else, is the primary rule by which the church has to live, in which I in my own life have to see that in that context, I can easily lose my way. And so I think that especially the grace and the insights and the divine revelation shared with us at the end of this Easter season is that is the, the gift and the teaching that Christ imparts to us through the, uh, through the impartation, the giving, the conveying of the advocates of the Holy Spirit to help each and every one of us and all of us together to keep our minds, our hearts, our souls focused on is my life at service for the salvation of souls, my soul and the souls of everyone else, those that I am in contact with, those that I never meet, those of, of, of the whole human race, that of the life of the church. And I think a lot of the problems we run into, both you could say in the church as well as in society as a whole, is we make decisions and we make considerations and we jump to, or we draw conclusions, or we try to problem solve without the salvation of soul as the primary rule of thumb. And so I think that's, in one sense, it sounds very easy. The salvation of soul is the primary rule of the life of the church and of my own life, uh, but easier said than done. Maybe we could think about that in this week ahead. Think about like your kids, what's going on at school. Think about our parish. Think about the local church or the universal church. Think about what's going on in Portland or Beaverton, in the state of Oregon right now. Is the life of the church and in my life, is it oriented towards doing everything I can for the salvation of my soul and the souls of everyone else? Yes, Jesus is the only savior. I'm not taking the place of Jesus as the savior of souls, no. Only Jesus is the true savior. But I have a role in that. My decision-making, what I decide or what I omit from doing, what I refrain from doing, how I live my life, how I structure my life, 
what my priorities are, what values I live according to, does that serve that purpose of the salvation of souls? And if it doesn't, maybe I need to re-examine that. Or if it's unclear whether or not that's kind of the, the reigning criteria, I need to kind of examine, well, what are the criteria that's the factors of why I'm doing what I'm doing? Something for us to think about. And I, I say that, I share that with you, both as, as a priest, as a brother priest and fellow baptized brother in Christ, in my own life experience, and then with my brother priests, uh, that even like priests are not immune from struggling with that question. Our egos can get in the way, our agendas can get in the way, our carrying grudges, our you know, nursing wounds from the past, our confusions uh, can get in the way of the mission of the salvation of souls in Christ and, my, and the mission that I have been entrusted in. We're not immune from that. And so, again, I think especially as we have that sense of repentance and conversion that, that runs through as a thread in the Easter season, as it does in the Christian life, going all the way back to Lent, could be seen in that light, too. So what do I need to be converted from that creates distortions, uh, blind alleys, sidetracks, dead ends, that keeps me from really seeing where I have maybe made a wrong turn and I need to make a course correction? Or maybe I've hardened an attitude in a way that's really not helpful or maybe even impeding this call and this rule of thumb for the salvation of souls. So I say that as, as one point. I think the second point, too, we could think about as well is this gift of the Holy Spirit um, in preparation for the ascension. Um, because the church's spirituality and the sacramental life of the church is in itself ascensionist. In other words, it's a summons for us to have higher levels and more differentiated levels and more sophisticated levels of a life of the Spirit. In other words, it's a summons for us to grow, to develop, not just our head knowledge and our understanding of the faith, yes, but to have it always integrated in a more practical and integral way to really form my character and the structure of my personal life and my family life. And again, this shows you the structuring aspect of the life of grace in the sacraments, especially in the Eucharist. So in a sense, you could say that this ascensionist, integrating, developmental type of life of the Spirit that Christ calls us to as part and parcel in preparing us for the celebration of the Ascension, but not just the celebration of the Ascension as this historical event or this kind of trans-historical event that took place 2,000 years ago, but the Ascension that lives in me and in the, in the life of the Church, that, that the summons of the Church in my life is always to ascend higher and higher closer to God. And what is it that needs to be cleared out so that that process of ascension can, and process of integration in the life of grace can continue unimpeded? And this again really then brings us back to the celebration of the Holy Eucharist. The words of Jesus resonate within our hearts. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. In other words, what he's saying is peace not in the sense of just absence of conflict or just happy feelings or nice sentiments, but rather peace in the sense of evermore, a life evermore centered on God, and that the Eucharist is the guiding principle for us, both in how we celebrate it with ever greater reverence and devotion, 
but also how that unfolds and can unfold ever more deeply and ever more truly in my life, where I really become Eucharistic, I really become the body of Christ. And it's not just a metaphor or a nice image, that Christ really resonates through me. And that my life becomes more and more of a true reflection, if you will, or a true incarnation of God in Christ. That's the purpose of the sacraments, that in the sense that they pass away so that they can pass through us, and that that, that movement of the Holy Spirit then comes through us. Or I can, if I, if I don't see it that way, or if I'm not receptive to the Eucharist in that way, if I don't engage in it, you could say I kind of live an anti-ascensionist kind of Christianity. There's just this routine I do, or this check off the box, or there's not an openness to change. There's not an openness to change in me. Or I might have these blind spots that become hardened and I think of them as kind of almost second nature. And I don't even question them after a while. This was the image that St. Augustine had of sin. So in a sense, there's this idea then of ascension and the giving of the Holy Spirit and the, in and through the gift of the Eucharist to lead us into ever more faithful, absolute, and receptive openness and vulnerability to the life of Christ in me. And always asking myself the question, where and how do I need to grow? Where and how are those blind spots still impeding me? Where is it that my life may have aspects where I'm not quite ready to be vulnerable to the grace of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit that makes me an ascensionist Catholic or ascensionist Christian? And to the extent I don't, I remain stuck. And then, thanks be to God in his mercy, we don't have to remain stuck. Uh, God is always patient with us. God is always good and forgiving with us. But at the same time, it gets back to, to my point is, in this one life I have to live, and every day that I have to breathe, every day I walk on this earth, how do I respond to that? It's another opportunity to respond that, to what has been given to me in the risen and ascension life of Jesus Christ. As we enter now into this latter part of the Easter season, prepare for the ascension of Christ, let us make this also a time, as I said, brothers and sisters, of a deeper contemplation of my state in life now, where I need to ascend to be ever more faithful to Christ, whereas that I need to repent and convert from those areas where I'm still impeding myself. Or it may be difficult, and I may need healing from what, what keeps me from growing. And where is it I might be a little too self-centered, a little too self-preoccupied, a little too hardened, a little too much where I'm always kind of projecting or throwing out and the finger pointing to others, and I don't like to take a good hard look at my own life. And so the, these are the questions at this latter part of the Easter season as we prepare to celebrate the ascension, that if it is to be true in me, the ascension is to be true in me, that these are necessary questions, these are necessary points that I have to enter into at the celebration of the Eucharist and throughout the week ahead. Let us pray for one another in this sixth week of the Easter season that we will have the grace to do so. Many blessings to everyone.